Hey, what's up? Today we're talking to my boy, John, who is now the vocalist of Crystal Lake. The last time we talked to him, he was in an open audition and he freaking nailed it. It's a really good conversation as always. And we talk a lot about like the differences of him living in Japan now more than he is in the States and the cultural differences of that. And even just the cultural differences of working in a band with people from this culture. It's just, it's crazy to think about someone that's lived in New York his whole life going out and joining this and just being delving into this totally different world. It's awesome. A really good conversation. And before we get into it, I got to say, head over to burnthisworld.com, click join the community, come hang out, send me music requests in the community. We got a good group of people there just like you, just like me that love this kind of music and just we do all sorts of stuff. We do behind the scenes writing sessions for the Browning and my DXD project, everything. So head over to burnthisworld.com, click join the community, come hang out with all of us. Let's get into this podcast. I'm Johnny McBee, and you're listening to the Burnless World Podcast. Sweet. So we're here with our boy, John. And uh, how's how's Japan? Dude, how you doing? Japan is awesome. It has delicious food, so I'm super happy. <laughs> <laughs> so you still think it's good? The last time we talked, John was auditioning for Crystal Lake, and uh, John definitely nailed that and is absolutely killing it. I got those almost. Yeah, it's been super sick over here, man. I love I love jamming with these guys. I really like playing with them. I uh I really like just growing with them. They're very fun to work with. They they push you so hard, man. Like the the it's a hard job. Right. <laughs> it's not an easy job. Like you, I got the job and I was like, "Word, okay, cool." Like band stuff, and then it's like all this new stuff that I never used to do. So it's it's very cool to grow. Like what are they? What do they do that's more uh, specifically like feels like work than maybe an American band might not do? Uh, we have like straight up stage presence band practice. Like, uh, so like individually and as a group, we will, we will like, like straight up practice our stage moves. Like, and I don't really, I've never really been a part of a band that did anything like that. They kind of only did it like on stage and you just, you know, you practiced your music and you did what you could, but like we straight up practice in front of a mirror. Like we're in a dance studio and like Corey, like, and do the whole thing. Like, and, yeah. you know, we, we have a full show with just the five of us in a room, like, and we pretend like it's a full on show. And then when I go home and I practice, there are days when like, if I don't sing, I will literally just like have a music video by myself, like, and just perform my stage moves, right. like and mouth, all the words and stuff. So like, it's, it's so much more physical <laughs> than death. <for. laughs> right. I mean, I guess that's a good thing, though, because that's one issue with going out on tours. You've been sitting on your butt for, you know, two months between a tour and then you go out on the stage and you almost die. So, yeah, and that's what they want. We have this saying called die today. So, like, we are constantly like just the, the YD wants as much out of me as I can give him. And then when like when I'm dead, he's like, good, give me more. <laughs> and I actually love it. I love it. I love getting pushed like that. So it's great. It's only going to make me better. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and especially the live performance, like so many people are so quickly winded up there. And, you know, we've all all of us as vocalists have done it. We just didn't warm up enough before a tour. And then we go out and we rip mm -hmm. ourselves like you're you're not going to have any issue with that cuz right when this crap starts going it's going to be like the same thing as you do every day so that makes yeah, sense that's 
that's what we're trying to do, man. Yeah. And days that I don't like get a chance to practice or anything like that, I'll try to like do jumping jacks through like maybe two, three songs straight. And it's a bitch, but you know, <laughs> it's a way to just keep cardio going. Right. Like, so, um, I mean, it's a, it's kind of a weird scenario just cause not a lot of people aren't from at least the same country as the band that they're in. And so, um, like, have you been there pretty much like full time since you joined the band? Uh, kind of. Yeah. I've almost, I've only really been home for since I started the audition in November, I've only been home for Christmas, January and the summer. So the technically the rest of that, I've been in Japan working with crystal Lake, like, you know, uh, just playing shows and writing songs and recording demos and learning as much Japanese as I you know, can humanly handle with being the guy that I am. Like, right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've just kind of been over here. It's, it's, uh, it was, I've been over here for so long that when I went home in the summer, I kind of gave myself culture shock with my own country. It was right. weird. So like what, so because you're from New York, um, when you're, mm -hmm. when do you still live like near the city? Uh, so right now, actually, I I moved out of New York City a couple of years ago. I live now in Florida, but I do oh, still yeah. live in a city. So uh, it's kind of like the same difference for me. But when I'm home in Florida, I try not to I I try not to like be out and about. I just spend time with my lady and yeah, like try to, sure. you know, if, if I need an odd job, I'll work or uh -huh. I do whatever she wants to do because, you know, we're apart constantly. Right. But when I did live in New York, I lived like dead ass in the city. Like, right. And so and it sucked. I bet. And so, um, the what's the the big the biggest difference between like the city and the states and the city in Japan? Uh the cleanliness. Really? That's the real difference. So like, yeah, and the money. So like, my big problem when I lived in New York that I where I, when I so and I lived in New York, the reason I wasn't really like loving it was because everything was so expensive uh -huh. compared to everywhere else when i would leave to go on tour and it made it impossible for me to stay there and tour so i had to leave um but just japan in general compared to new york is very clean very organized um they they care a lot here about the order like in america and especially in new york rules are like guidelines <laughs> they're almost yeah. like meant to be broken you know what i mean and in japan that is not a thing. Like a rule is meant for you to follow it. That's why it's called a rule. So right. like when you break rules, people are like shocked. It's not a thing. Um, so that's like the the main difference, just the respect level and the, the cleanliness of everything. So the respect kind of trickles into everything, you know, being yeah. on the escalator, you know, online, the, you know, uh, the way you get on a train, the way people turn, don't talk on the phone in public, like, you Pick know, it everything up after is clean. Yourself, like, you know? Yes. Yeah, all that stuff. Like people, you know, take their shoes off before they go into. Like in Japan, you don't ever have to ask someone, "Please take off your shoes" when they get to your house. Like that's just a thing. Like <laughs> yeah. you just do it, which I fucking love for sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that that'd be nice because that's like my biggest gripe with going to you know any of these downtowns to play shows and stuff. You just want to walk around, but it's like you feel sketchy or just be like any place that you want to eat around in the downtown is just grimy. And some people live for that crap. Some people love that. Um, but I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm very not about that, you know? <laughs> no, I feel you. I, I can go either way, but as I've been growing older, I like the more classy side of things. Sure, and I sure. definitely, uh, I definitely have noticed in Japan that there's, I haven't ever 
yet been in a neighborhood where I've felt like the way I would where maybe, you know, like sometimes you're walking around in a neighborhood in New York by yourself and you're like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't be in this neighborhood <laughs> or anywhere for that matter, right. you know, yeah. but uh, I don't get that vibe here ever. Yeah. Maybe it's just because I don't know any better, but I, I've, you know, I've had to, I've, I walk constantly. I'm on foot all the time and right. never once do I feel like I shouldn't be here. Isn't public sometimes transportation I feel like I'm a, a big thing? Up. Yeah, yeah, it is. A train is everywhere. It's very. It's this is New York. It's right. totally New York City. It's. I love it. Really. Yeah. It's like yeah. The <laughs> I, I could see it being a better version of that, and just uh, I don't know. I've never. I haven't been to Japan, but I can't wait to go. And um, oh my god, John, you're gonna love it. I'm sure. African, you know. I, I I'm sure it's a little different, but I ate ramen for like ten years straight here out of necessity. So we'll just go there and have the god. real deal. <laughs> Yeah, it's so good here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you said that you're learning Japan or Japanese, sorry. And um so obviously with the band being um you know, such a mainstay band over there, how has the reception been with you having joined and not being Japanese? Uh actually kids seem pretty accepting of it. I'm not sure if it's just because Japanese fans are very polite and they don't want to act like rude to you or anything like that, but people are hype. I don't I haven't really I've noticed more cranky expressions from Americans than I have from anybody who's Japanese. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? So I think I think the I think Japan is hype on the situation. I think people, as you go farther west, are just more opinionated and tend to have more of an outward opinion, so they say more. So um, the acceptance is just done in a different way. So it feels more accepting over here, regardless of if it actually is or not. But I, I, I feel accepted. Right. Yeah. And that, I mean, Crystal Lake, if you get on... Uh, any of you know the metalcore subreddit or any of the metalcore online uh, places crystal lake has always been a band that really got a lot of recognition and everything in metalcore and so Facts. i could see um you know the these uh american people being on those subreddits kind of raging about <laughs> it you know oh dude they, they they love to hate me dude yeah but <laughs> you love a, that it's a thing <laughs> Yeah, I do love it, honestly. Like, I'll be, yo, you want me to be the villain? I'll do it. I promise. Uh -huh. I swear to God. Like, I got your back. Like, <laughs> right. And so they're just playing into your, your whole shtick, anyways, right? <laughs> Basically. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, and you guys are doing some crazy looking festivals over there. You did Not Fest Japan as well, right? Oh, it was amazing, dude. That was like, I was, I had to tell myself the whole time, like, don't fanboy, don't fanboy, don't fanboy. Cause like, don't, I mean, like you're eating dinner and like all of a sudden here comes Tor Corey Taylor and clown, like, right. you know, and then there's in flames 10 feet from you eating lunch. And you're just like, okay, just look down. Don't stare at anybody. Like <laughs> don't ask for pictures. Like, <laughs> Cause with your last band, you, you guys weren't really doing festivals like that, were you? Uh, not like that. No, we would, you know, get the occasional cool festival or stuff, but, uh, it felt very good glass box being in the my last band you know yeah. i, I kind of felt like you could see all the dreams but you couldn't get to them so we, we you know uh we never really got to do cool stuff we just tried our hardest but you know now being in crystal lake it's it's super fun playing all these different countries and in front of you know amazing accounts of people you know the, the biggest crowds i've ever played in front of it's it's a blessing dude it's yeah. changed my whole life and in, in my mind and outside you know so like um mentally whenever you're considering like how 
how it was doing stuff uh, like tours or festivals with your last band compared to doing stuff with Crystal Lake. Just just by the sheer the difference of um like the capacity that you guys are doing with the amount of people, the slots that you're getting, the crowd reactions, all that sort of stuff. Like, is it making a big difference mentally and like your uh, excitement or has, even whenever you did the bigger stuff with your old band, did you feel as excited as you do with this? Uh, I definitely feel a little bit more excited, not a little bit more, a lot more excited now. And it, it's really a mental thing for the fact that um, I ha- we as Crystal Lake have a lot of fun together. And in my last band, we didn't really have a priority to always enjoy each other's time. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, you know, we would most of the time not enjoy each other's time. So getting on stage is kind of like the only time you would really enjoy being out on the road. But, right. you know, in Crystal Lake, we're 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 buddies. You know, we have a blast all the time. We hang out yeah. outside of shows, uh, you know, we, that we love to drink together, which is, well, they love to drink together. I love to watch them, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like it, it's really fun. Like, you know, we do, we do funny, goofy things. We're not, uh, you know, we're not, we're not in a bad mood really. Even when someone wants to tell you like stop or no, like everyone's very respectful about it. So it, it makes the shows and touring and traveling and everything, you know, tenfold exciting because you're with your buddies you sure. know so it's it's definitely more exciting now it's it's it takes up more space in your head like it's hard to explain like as fun as it looks and as cool as it feels it's a lot of hard work and it's so much more hard work than you would think it would be even already being in the music industry and then just switching genres from one yeah. side of the table to the other one and then when you get into metalcore you realize like wow this is why these guys are actually doing x y and z and why people on the other side of the table who are still talented don't because look at all this extra work that i do over here (laughs) we don't do this over you know we don't do this on this side of the table we just like want to be crazy sound heavy and that's and play good and over here it's like playing good and sounding heavy is like just the tip of the thing like Uh so it's so much more yeah and it's good to hear uh, putting in some actual thought and work into the project rather than just going with the flow. Um, and it, it seems like, you know, they're really focused on like running things properly and trying to push to the next level. And uh, you got, Always. you got six months of touring coming up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I want to go home. <laughs> yeah. And so I saw um I saw one of the tours was August Burns Red. What else are you guys doing? Oh, I'm so excited about that one. Right. Uh, so a lot of what's happening is they're kind of like little headliner tours and festivals that str- that kind of like span yeah. throughout. So we have, uh, we have, I don't know how many of them have physically been announced yet. So I know that like throughout the end of the year, we'll eventually wind up in China. We'll eventually wind up in Taiwan. Yeah. And uh, hopefully we wind up in a couple other, you know, like oh, i would love to go to malaysia i would love to go back yeah. to indonesia so we'll see how all that pans out but um as far as like full-on tours that you would really know about we have the abr one and then we have our little headliner in japan on the western side which has us and noisemaker and that's going to be really 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 sick yeah i mean that, that's just I'm so really sick. like being in a band from that region just because like it it can be so difficult for bands from the states to reach a lot of those places. Um yeah. And it's just so sick to be so close and to have the connections like right there 
Like it's it's as if a band from California wanted to go do an East Coast run, but you can just go to Thailand, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. That's just so sick. It's it's actually really cool how we get to hit, you know, totally different places and all sorts of new spots all the time. It's it's really really fun. And this, you know, that tour with Noisemaker is going to be super cool because we have the the Crows Alive guys on there and they're actually a really really good band. So if if no one's ever heard Crows Alive, definitely check them out. That that's going to be super fun. So like my favorite part about, you know, like we were saying with all these new places and whatnot is the fact that all these new bands you get to hear that you you know you never heard before and i've noticed on this side of the world that musicianship is taken very seriously like um i mean no disrespect to west because they work very very hard to you know write their music and play and i respect all the locals that play but you can clearly see a drastic difference in the give a in the caring level of locals here as opposed to locals as you go a little bit more west yeah as you go a little bit more in the west it kind of seems like hurry 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 we got five songs awesome here they are and play you know what i mean like immediately and over here it's like we don't they don't play until they sound perfect and that's not really a thing in other places like so that's that's a the big notice like the band composition is super tight i know it's awesome it makes bands that you don't even like awesome right i noticed that even like i don't know i feel like uh north america in general kind of lags behind in some of the effort uh that bands put out um like whenever you go to europe so many of these bands uh even when they're small are doing like crazy stage production you know yeah, they're, they're doing like crazy over the top videos and they're just putting in the extra mile as far as like production and putting on a show. And that's real. Yeah. And then you go to like Australia and you get just some of the best like musicians uh, that like really hone their craft. And I just feel Thanks. like I feel like American bands just they're like, yeah, let's get in the van and go. And they're, you know, yeah, and no. That's real. And there, and it's, and it's sometimes it's a bummer because it's not to say that there's not incredible talent in America. Cause there is the, the local bands in America are super talented, but a little bit more preparation could go such a long way. Yeah. Like, um, you know, the band weeping wound has so has a great production level and they've gone from being just like a regular local band in Florida to now they're this regional touring band in there. It's amazing. You know what I mean? It's yeah. fantastic. And that's all because, you know, those guys work really, really hard to put the extra mile into their production and their music to be noticed and they are constantly thinking outside the box like i feel like a big problem in our country is people have a favorite band and then when they have a favorite band and pick up an instrument they just like regurgitate instead Mm -hmm. of trying to mold a feeling and that's kind of that's where the mud comes from you know it's a bummer for sure and just the I guess one of the things with it could be that whenever you're in Europe or Japan, or if you're a band from China, um, getting in a van and just going on tour is a little bit more difficult than doing that in the States. Oh yeah. And expensive. Oh yeah. And so like, no, that's real. They make it as beneficial as possible. So if a band is trying to do something like that in (laughs) Europe, they're like, Hey, we're bringing led walls. We're freaking doing everything. Where a band in the states can hop in a van and make a couple phone calls and book a week long tour, 
And so I think the right. focus uh, is just like go out, play as many shows as possible in the States, whereas in a lot of other parts of the world, that's not the focus because it's literally not possible. Right, exactly. And they, they understand that uh, the Internet is a bigger stage yeah. than any amount of shows that they could possibly pl- play while they're growing at, in any way. You know, so, and, and, you know, American bands, if you're listening, man, like put so put more effort into your songs mm-hmm. like, you know, and and worry less about when you're going to play live, like get it all done, make right. it sick. And then so when you play live, even if you're nobody's people see how much effort is and they could be like, who is this? Yeah. You're not just some local band now. You know what I mean? Like you're you're an, an image. Right. Yeah. I think it was Ryan from Fit for a King that was talking about uh, I I had him on and he was saying how, you know, you really got to pay attention to the songs and how they turn out on record because someone's going to listen to your song a thousand times on record, but they're going to listen to it one time live or maybe five real, you know? And so mm-hmm. on the record, this crap needs to be like next level. It needs to be written perfectly specifically for record. Um, and you know, live, it will just, um, it'll be what it is. And so, cause yeah, the, the online presence you could put on, if you do an online streaming show or something, just a, a nice live performance in studio or something, that'll be watched freaking a hundred thousand times, literally. Where you go put on a real show and there's gonna be fifty people standing in that crowd. <laughs> it, yeah, no, it's real. It's a possible it's a real thing from from the you know, the the new band perspective, that's a a real thing. Something else I wish that newer bands would do is I noticed and it's something I kind of clicked in my head recently was I noticed a lot of newer bands and I, I guess just bands in general, they put so much effort into this hype up of their song. Uh-huh. Like they do all this extra promotion to stick the song in everybody's face before it's actually come out. And you're kind of wasting all that yep. headspace in everybody. You know what I mean? Cause you're doing all this big pop and this big pop, but then the pop isn't followed by anything. You're like, blue balls wait <laughs> and you can't really play like that anymore you know what i mean because 10 seconds later they forget about it because it's not like back in the day so you 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 almost shouldn't even hype up a song you should just be like hype up the release like here's the release it's happening in a day or two like and yeah. then when the song is out they can go listen to the song because everything that you've been hyping up is still fresh in the algorithm yeah. and people will see it and they'll be like oh let's go look at it because most of the time you see and hear a promotion and you're like oh what is this and you go check it out and then it's not even out yet and you're like oh and then you don't care and you forgot because you yeah, moved on and exactly. then you never hear it again yeah that's why i feel like a lot of um people in the rap world will just drop a 20 song record just out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's so much better. Put all the, put the promotion into them, into the songs. Don't put, put the promotion into the advertising. Right. Like yeah. the effort, I mean. And yeah, I think that, uh, that is true. I also have an issue with like, um, some bands, like there's this band recently that they were dropping this song. It was a big collab song that they were doing. And the issue was, is that they played, they had these promo videos from the song but they had multiple spots from different parts of the song. So you could piece those parts together and basically have the whole song like weeks before (laughs) and like weeks before the song came out. It's like, okay, well I know what the big breakdown sounds like. I know what the chorus sounds like. I know what the intro sounds like. And you know, you're right. It's yeah. You can't. Sorry. Go ahead. 
No, my bad. I was going to say you can't show too much leg. Exactly. 100%. It's just like you got to be catch people by surprise. And I think that comes also not just in build up and advertisement and everything, but also in songwriting, which is something that Crystal Lake is good at doing and something that I uh, personally, uh, especially in the modern world, am focus on keep catching people by surprise and doing things that are out of the box. Um, yeah. And uh, Crystal Lake, I mean, like, especially, I mean, this is one of the, the last music video you guys did. It might have been the last one. It's like a minute and a half long. Remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. Denial. Den uh, it's part. It's the intro video to the song. So it's like, it's uh, Denial is the short one, and then Rebirth is like the full song. Yeah, but like listening to that, uh, it was still just like a different experience than you would get um, like from just like a normal song. And that's what people need to be doing. They need to be doing stuff that's creative and interesting. And uh, like, and I, I thought it was cool. Like if it's used as an intro for like the full song, like doing the, the same shots from the music video, but using some, the, like some extra effects and stuff. And it just felt all of it felt really cool. And it wasn't what you would have expected. And I think crystal Lake is really good with that. Especially like you listen to like the song obey, you know, all that sort of stuff. It's just all very surprising. And so this new music, um, is, is a lot of it still pushing towards like the music you guys are working on pu pushing towards breaking like certain barriers or are you going like straight metalcore? Uh, so it's, we're always trying to do something different. I know YD is constantly trying to give each song like that part. We, we do have our, I guess you could say our cookie cutter songs where like, you know, like we have our, our, our post hardcore songs or our more metalcore songs um that don't exactly have like a super like out there part like the end of rebirth does how it has like all the singing and yeah. like very very like choiry uh but each song has a uniqueness to it so the, the the new music that we're putting out there's definitely uh there's a lot of cleans in it which i'm very hyped to do because i didn't really get to do that in my last band so that's been a lot of fun um clean cleans also or really like pitched yells both sweet yeah it's really cool i'm very hype on it fucking they are uh, they're very very open to new ideas and that that's actually what allows us to constantly do something new is um you've probably experienced this with plenty of bands and even bands you've really not just been working with on the side like if you have an idea there's sometimes that person in the band that already thinks they know what it's going to sound like and their answer is no don't try it yeah and we move on and that happens a lot but in crystal lake that's not a thing in crystal lake if you have an idea they're like okay record it show it to me even if somebody doesn't like it so we get all of the good and the bad ideas onto a piece and then you get to like play around with them and that's how you like will discover or create or mold these you, you know different unique parts because nobody is saying don't try that yeah so that's what allows you to to do all this you know to try all these, you know, possibly different things. It's really fun. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's actually, it's nice to not feel like you can't get the idea out too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can tell listening to the music that there's definitely some experimentation that happens. Um, and like, especially post-production, there's just so much, there can be so much stuff happening in Crystal Lake's music that, uh, I don't know, you can tell there's a lot of experimentation and that's, that's what I really care about. Like, in in music that I listen to nowadays, um, 
it, even if the band to the masses would seem like bad, I'm like, at least they're doing something different. Like, at least they're trying to be different in some way, shape, or form. Like, although, like, the band, like, Duran Gray, um, I'm pretty sure they're from over there. They're freaking weird. And they do some crazy weird vocals and all sorts of weird stuff. And I'm like, I'd rather listen to something that's kind of bad, but different than something that's just so extremely polished and boring. No, I, I totally agree. I'm very, very overhearing bands that have phenomenal recordings, but then every time you play a riff or a breakdown or let's like anything, I can like drag it back to another band. And I know <laughs> yeah. that that's kind of hard to say because like there's so many different bands and so many different and so many different kinds of music. And I guess, you know, everybody is influenced by everybody, but like I want to feel the originality you know right. what i mean it's the, obviously hearing the originality is there's different because you could like i said you can drag it to anything but i want to feel like whoa i've never heard anyone do it like that before that was really interesting yeah. you know like um a band that i really kind of look at like that is uh and it's at first glance it's not you know you might be like oh there's really nothing different about that band but they are very different this band called landmarks yeah i love that band they're at first glance, some people will be like, oh, it's a typical metalcore band. But to me, I listen to it and I don't hear typical metalcore. I hear like this super heavy, angry Linkin Park core mix <laughs> that I have never really heard before in another band. And I'm like, this is fucking crazy. But like yeah. other people don't hear that, you know? So I, I would much rather hear something that tickles my creativity side or just makes me feel like you're playing with the sand rather than just using the bucket to make a shape. You know what I mean? Right. For sure. And I'm just, and I, maybe that's why I listen to so much European music too, is because I'm just like over, uh, I don't know, to, I don't know, stuff that just feels so different to me. Like almost every band I listen to is German. Um, and I can't even understand anything they're saying, but it doesn't matter because the music <laughs> is so creative. Um, Word. and so I just, I get down to that. And yeah, I've listened to a little bit of that Landmarks band. And I mean, I'm a sucker for anything that uses like any amount of synthesizers, uh, just <laughs> because it takes the music to a whole different space. Like you don't have, uh, like with a guitar, you got guitar, guitar with delay and reverb and, uh, clean or distorted. You have like five sounds, you know, and, but with a synth, yeah, yeah. you have endless possibilities. And so I True. feel like it just takes the music to a whole nother level and, you know, it's it's one of the things I've always loved about Crystal Lake is that they'll sprinkle that stuff in. Like they do such driving, fast pace. Like I I always call it like kind of you know festival metalcore. You know, it's built for big crowds. Um, just for sure. Being, no, why do really good at that? Yeah, it's just in your face and it's aggressive, and you can just you can envision the crowd kind of bouncing around. And um, but then they sprinkle in this tasteful, uh, a lot of times really dark electronics. Um. And so that stuff, just that little bit of extra production and extra effort into those songs makes all the difference in the world. Like even if it, if it's one part in the song that just has this crazy weird noise, um, that was made like post-production into the song, I'm like, okay, that was tight. Like that's all it needs. <laughs> yeah, no, you guys and Brandis Sacrifice are a fantastic, um, uh, fantastic North American examples of exactly what you're talking about because you guys take a little bit of extra sprinkle from other styles of music and mm. throw it into your metal, and it just creates this 
super unique sound that you don't always get with metal bands because like you said there's endless possibilities with the sounds from a synth and it's not just like synth and guitar it could be something completely different so it's it's mm-hmm. you know done right it creates greatness definitely they, right. they're definitely a band i need to get hooked up with for sure um i think oh, brand is awesome that's what mike works for now right yeah and i think that as far as any band goes uh, in North America, they are definitely the closest thing to what the Browning does. Um, especially just in the, in the modern world of how kind of metalcore death is going like heavy and chaotic is the way to go currently. Um, mm-hmm. And they, they definitely, if you listen to past Browning music, they've, they're definitely way more on the chaotic side, but the new Browning music is definitely going way more chaotic. Um, but like do you feel like in the modern world like what do you think is the best uh like route and sound for bands to go like if someone was like hey we want to uh do what's popping like what do you think bands should be trying to focus on uh i don't i don't want to say a genre yeah, because pers- because I feel like a genre could be a little bit like more of my opinion, but I want to say that everyone should focus on, uh, focus on the songwriting. Don't mm. focus on how technical it is. If you want to focus on technical parts, folk make your technical pieces your transitions. Right. So if you can make for like really simple, catchy riffs and verses and choruses but then you can transition them and bridge them incredibly complicated and you know like talentedly that's gonna that's what's gonna make you stand out a lot because you're gonna stick in everybody's head but then at the same time you're gonna make everyone's head spin right and that's a very hard thing to do but just focus on being remembered do things that people rem- remember with their ears, not something that someone's going to be like, did you see him play that? Like, did you hear how, or like how technical that was? Like all that stuff is great, but like, are people going to be humming your solo 60 right. years later, or <laughs> yeah. are they going to be singing your choruses? Right. So like, think about what's going to last, you know, it's great to be talented. It's great to shred. I love hearing it, but if you want to make this your life and you want to make this your business, like not everyone gets lucky being heavy as fuck most people have to just write songs so focus on the songwriting yeah and i think that that is um can be an issue in the modern world because not only does that go for like technicality with guitar or drums but also in the modern world of vocals where it's kind of like a hey i'm gonna make the weirdest noise and craziest noise possible uh whether it's understandable or not people are just really trying to push certain barriers but it it, and be crazy as possible on vocals, but it takes away from like, uh, especially when you're talking screams, you're, it's about the patterns, you know? Uh, and yeah. like whenever you're just the whole time, there's no patterns that are standing out. Um, and no, agreed. agreed. And so like, if you go back to um, like I was, I was telling you before the podcast that I'm going to be dropping like a really heavy kind of MySpace death, a death core slam project. And the main focus of it was to write catchy death core, like what we had back then with like early suicide silence or a lot of white chapel back in the day. Um, just huge parts that you remembered every single freaking word to that song. And you knew exactly every single breakdown pattern, even the breakdown patterns were simple um like yeah everything about it's it's awesome 
Yeah, and we need more of that. I feel like I'm right there with you. You need to focus on, um, like, you can be as heavy as possible, but in that heaviness, you need to write a pattern that people are going to, like, be able to sing with and be able to understand and know. Like, you can be chaotic at times, but in general, like, if you're trying to really, like, get out there and you want your... Some people don't want their music to be, like, singable. You know, some people want to be... uh you know, crazy like that. And so, but if you're really trying to make an impact, I think that you're exactly right. The songwriting and writing some parts that are stand out and memorable are important. And I think vocalists kind of are losing touch with what made the big vocalists so big. And I think that it was um, like catchy lyrics, catchy patterns. Um, yeah, no, absolutely agreed. Uh, uh, a perfect example for kids who are listening of a band of the realm that we're talking about right now left to suffer. Yeah. For Those sure. guys are doing exactly what me and you are talking about right now. They are, they are staying catchy. They're staying heavy as fuck. They're staying technical. They're doing crazy things. Taylor's doing crazy things with his voice, but at the same time, he's also doing things that are incredibly simple and very catchy and it's fucking awesome. And yeah. that's what you need to do for sure. And you need some, to sprinkle that shit. And sometimes it's just like, it's one moment in a song, you know, like, yeah, I, that's all you need. Yeah. I see a lot of, um, left to suffer stuff just cause Taylor's so active online, which is important. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't particularly listen to her music. My wife listens to the music a lot, but the thing awesome. is I've listened to this song like probably literally one time. And I can tell you, uh, the the main part of the disappoint me song and i even know the name of the song Isn't that awesome right like i've listened to the song once and right now i could sing you the main part of that song <laughs> exactly and that's that's the point that's exactly what that, i'm glad you said that because that's like that's like a big full circle of everything we're talking about here for kids that are listening like you need to do things that people are going to remember mm -hmm. and just because you played the fastest thing possible or just you, you, your solo is ridiculous or your breakdown is so heavy that doesn't mean that it's memorable right. like you need to realize the difference mm -hmm. and you know left to suffer is crushing that aspect of it they really are shout out to that whole team including jeff for helping those guys kids do what they do like it's insane yeah for sure and they're they're doing everything right that a modern band should do with how active they Facts. all are on social media um and you know they're they're out on tour and you know taylor's posting clips of the crowd singing along every single day and it's just like they're doing it right and um yeah. that's something that people like me that have been uh, in this for, you know, whatever, 14 years or whatever. I'd never cared. Like the point for me was to go out on the road and tour and not, I didn't post on Instagram for like three years straight while we were touring. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the fact awesome. that, that I, I just feel like you have to do that stuff. But people that are like our age, that wasn't a, the purpose, you know? And everyone needs to modernize. Yeah, yeah. This episode of Burnless World Podcast is brought to you by me, I guess. <laughs> we don't have sponsors, but all I got to say is just head over to burnlessworld.com and click join the community. It's a group of people there just like you, just like me, metalheads that are just trying to connect. And, you know, we do all sorts of behind the scenes stuff with writing sessions for the Browning DXD. I do tips and trick videos we just sit around and screw around and talk about random stuff 
it's just a good community of people that are like us, you know? And so head over to burnthisworld.com, click on join the community. If you don't have Discord already, it will take you immediately to download the app. You come in and you're good to go. Let's hang out. Let's have a good time. Let's talk about music. And then let's enjoy the rest of this podcast with John. Let's go. That was kind of a thing in my last band. Um, it's kind of still a thing in in that band. Like they are, it's very uh, it's more so like they want the music to do it for them. They don't want to do it for the music, right. and that's not how it works anymore. You know what I mean? Like the for music sure. can be absolutely amazing, but if you don't play with it, like you know, yeah. then then it doesn't do anything. You can't just sit there and be awesome, right? I mean, the best probably the best guitarist to ever have existed on this planet never filmed himself doing it so no one cares yeah no for <laughs> real i tell people that all the time I've, I've some kids will ask me like who do i think is the best musician alive or something like that and my answer is always the same i'll be like the best musician alive is someone that you and i have never ever ever heard because they just can't get out of their basement yeah exactly. i promise <laughs> same thing with artists same thing with a store with people who write books the, the greatest artists period across the board are the ones you've never ever heard of because they're so sick that they can't get out of their house right like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah a hundred percent insane <laughs> there, there's someone there's some like 15 year old sitting in his basement that sees that hears polyphia music and can play it in time perfectly like not even thinking about it while he's falling asleep and then doesn't uh, even, and doesn't even care to play guitar at, like, like no. at a show could give a fuck like <laughs> works at Safeway like yeah. doesn't even care that's what I'm trying to say like yeah. it's shit like that yeah for sure and so like it's it's the perfect example of like if you are actually trying to make it and you're not putting yourself out there you're you're goofing in the modern world and it it really it's kind of one of those things that's tough for me to uh you know get used to just because. It, my whole life has been torn. We toured 11 months out of the year. Like, you yeah. know, we built a really good fan base of people that love coming out to shows and really consistent numbers because of that. But if I want those numbers to explode, like it is for uh, so many modern, modern bands in our realm, like internet is all that matters. Um, mm -hmm. 100%. It's crazy. And that, that's actually what's pushing. That's actually a great, not that a, that's not that it's great, but that's what's pushed us into this whole era of well, now we're back to releasing singles like we did mm -hmm. in the 50s and the 40s and shit right. like that. You know, like For when sure. you would just buy a record and it would be two songs, you know, yeah. so it's 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 the same exact idea except they did it for a different reason than now we do it because no one has an attention span <laughs> <laughs> you know so but it's this it's the same idea. but I also really like the idea of the whole single thing because now instead of having to you know wait two years for your favorite band to drop a song you get them all the time even though you only get one but you're constantly always getting new music from certain bands and it's cool because you never have to really sit there and, and wait for an album they're just always putting out songs it's great yeah for sure it's it's the biggest double-edged sword to me because <laughs> And because I just I feel like people our age and older that are so used to like, OK, let's make a CD. And it's like you could be an insanely successful band with never, ever printing a physical copy of your music. Um, and so doing a full length is it, it, and listen front and back. I just people don't really do it anymore. Some people do like some people are all about that, but. It just in the grand scheme of what's best for artists, yeah, the singles, hundred percent, is the way to go. And uh, yeah. like 
the for Crystal Lake. So you guys are doing like single releases, like with music videos for like each one. Like, are you guys going all out like that? So I actually don't know exactly what YD wants to do as far as full on releases are concerned, but I know that right now we're just doing like we normally do. We'll put out two songs, two a couple of music videos, and then like a little bit of pass. And they I think we're gonna do that a couple of times, but yeah. I'm not sure how how exactly we're all gonna fold it together and and mold it around. Yeah. Um, which is actually that's that's what makes it exciting because uh, I don't think he knows either. You know what I mean? It just kind of right. happens. And we're like, all right, we're going to do this, you know, but so it's, it's nice. I mean, it's better than following the industry standard crap from the seventies that doesn't work anymore. Right. Like, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Agreed. Yeah. That was like one of my biggest things with my old label was they were still just, they were operating like us, a young, uh, electronic metal band, like how they would operate, um, you know, whatever, big band from the eighties that got them to where they were, you know, and it just, it can't be done <laughs> yeah, like yeah. that. And so the, the modernizing like this is good and being on your toes, like it could, it could change, uh, like very quickly what your fans are looking for. Like you could take the reception of one song and then switch it up for the next one. Like it, you can really go on the fly with these releases and do what your fans are specifically asking for rather than, a shot in the dark and then hopefully everyone likes everything on the record. No, agreed. Uh, absolutely agreed. And it, it actually helps you save your best content instead of actually just throwing it out there. Cause like what we were saying with, you know, you're releasing an album and people don't actually get the chance to maybe, or some people don't actually even listen to the whole thing because of attention spans. Sometimes you'll write unbelievably good songs and they never really get the yep. chance to shine because they get buried beneath all these other songs yeah. um and that's a that's a major bummer and that the 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 whole idea behind why people don't listen to albums kind of is it's the job it's the job issue most people listen to music on the way to something now right. as opposed to just people used to just put on music and sit around but most people listen to music when they go do something so most people's commute is only about three four songs deep yeah. you know what i mean so when you give somebody you know someone puts out an album they never really always get it they never constantly get a chance to listen to the whole thing so sometimes songs don't become as popular as they should be like i listened to uh the last 10 album Machina non grata again recently and there are so many ridiculously fun songs on that album that i know are buried in that band's history because yep. you know people don't listen to an entire 56 minutes of deathcore right. like that's <laughs> it's not a thing right like you know so like it's it's a bummer because some of sometimes there are incredible songs that don't get the recognition they deserve for sure and i mean like i'm I'm very much have always been about like the full composition of a record. So I would have X amount of songs that had this kind of vibe. I would have an interlude in the middle that would give a certain right. vibe and transition to the next song. But with how people listen on shuffle, if they get that interlude randomly, like that's going to be weird. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's real. And most people do listen to the album on shuffle. So like you have this entire idea in your head of how you want the album to play out, but most people just put it on shuffle anyway. Exactly. You know? And, um, so I think it's, it's definitely, it's good. And the, I've written the past, uh, three records like live on stream. Uh, and it really helps with 
like fan interaction like in the moment i can see what the fans want and doing this single stuff really helps you curate the music over the course of over the course of the record um and i was talking to the my new label um they're very they're very straightforward and they're really good dudes and they just really have thought about the best way to do this because a lot of people on the label aren't even full bands they are like projects and so monetizing online is like their thing. It's what they've been doing forever because uh, it's just a bunch of solo projects and stuff like that. And uh, I was getting into it a bit because about this whole single thing, just because I was I was tripping about it. It was like my biggest thing of I knew they did it like yeah, that, yeah. but I was really not about it. But they like kind of broke it down for me. And they're like, if you look at each song as an investment, because each song is an investment, whether it's time or actual money into production and whatever, marketing, everything like that. Uh, if you release a song as a single on the on the new kind of like way to go versus a song that's sitting in the middle of an album, it's literally and they have they have like near a hundred artists that they've done all this data with. It's it's nearly ten times the amount of streams overall. Like doing each one as a single Agreed. versus like random ones in the middle and so a hundred percent if you want your investment to be really worth it and you want to make that money online on this passive income that music can be semi-passive uh you got to give each song the best potential to get the most eyes and the most amount of streams and that's how you make money they're saying literally 10 times the amount it's real no because what it is is people want what they what they don't have and can't have so like if you give someone one song and they love it they listen to it a million times right. because they really want more music but you didn't give it to them so they just <laughs> keep like oh they just keep playing it again and again mm -hmm. and again and it's 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 awesome you know and eventually we'll we'll burn that well dry soon and we'll have to you know a couple of years and we'll have to do <laughs> albums again but yeah. like it's just it's just the cycling that we're going through but at the same time it's nice to put maximum effort into each song and making each song like their own personal personality and their own personal release because in in reality each song is its own yeah. even on an album each song is its own little release because they all tell a story they yeah. all have a vibe they all have like you know so why can't you make it you know its own little thing so right. that's actually you know it it, it helps you and it, it helps you on a big scale and on a brand new scale you know little bands like i talk to so many kids who are like oh yeah i'm putting out my first band we recorded 12 songs we're gonna put them out and i'm like i'm, I'm always like guys don't put out 12 songs at the same <laughs> time like please don't like yeah you should take all those 12 songs and that should be the next that should be the next two years for you as <laughs> right. a band you know what i mean like and you'll have it all done now it'll be sick like all right it kind of it stresses me out a little bit um just because i mean maybe it's a little different in your setup because it it feels like a you guys have more people kind of involved in the process. Uh, but I feel like every single song that I write has to be like a hit now with, the, with releasing each one, potentially with a music video and yes. all this stuff. I'm like, cause there was plenty of songs that I would write on albums before that. I'm like, okay, this isn't like a hit, but it's really cool. Like it's a, it's a good vibe and it adds to the record, but now it's like, no, this has to be able to stand on its own. And it has to be attention grabbing, like every single one. And that's, right. that's and a that's little stressful awesome. to me. <laughs> it is definitely stressful for sure. Cause you always have to give each song like its own 
thing you mm-hmm. know what i mean like every so instead of like having an album with like a couple of songs that like have their like that part that riff like yeah. every song now has to have that but uh it's de- it's it is absolutely stressful you're you're 100 correct like i have i record choruses randomly now on my phone yeah. all the time like i will sl- i will be sleeping and I'll randomly like sing a chorus of my dreams and it'll wake me up and it'll be like, oh my God, I need to pick my phone up and record that. Because right. like I am every you know, every song has to have like that piece, that line or that riff or something like that. That's how I write in general. So, you know, it's uh as forced as it makes you, you know, it makes you have to do it by doing the singles. It's 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 awesome. I always stressful and fun at is. the same time. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh I always had the idea. Because supposedly people can like train themselves to be able to lucid dream, like control what's going mm-hmm. on. And I was like, man, I need to like train that so that while I'm sleeping, I can write like an entire album, like in my sleep. Sick. Like you, you write music while you're sleeping and then you wake up and you go track it. Like that would be crazy, especially if you were able to do like an actual album. Like, no, I literally wrote this in my sleep. <laughs> that's amazing i would love to hear someone tell me something like that i've <laughs> i have such insane dreams i wouldn't call them lucid dreams but like i definitely have i de- like when i go to sleep i this john turns off and another one turns on <laughs> and i'm somewhere else and it's it's a completely different world it's but it's just like being awake it's nuts you should try it you should try to take control I'm, I would love to. Do, I do have like a little bit of control. Like I yeah. have control in the sense of like I know where I am. I know mm-hmm. what I'm doing, but I don't have control over like where I'm gonna go because I'm like it's like yeah. almost it's almost like I'm conscious in my subconscious in the dream. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's weird. And then you just but like, uh, <laughs> you just spawn in the middle of some random like you're for, for some event. reason surfing in your dream. And <laughs> yes, yeah, and then you like just, I'll just like I fall asleep and I'm now I'm on the train, right? Like, <laughs> and you're like, hi right, guys, let's let's crazy. go hit the studio. <laughs> yeah, uh, the uh, the but the dreaming the dreaming of parts thing uh has it's it's actually been a couple of years for that happening with mm-hmm. me. It started in my last band in for for our album Makanon Grada. I was dreaming about the song Dirt Nap Atrophy, and I had the dream for the the done and the shotgun blast and i dreamt that and it woke me up out of a dream and i was like oh my god i sat up in the van and i was like yo i was like it's not the sickest idea (laughs) (laughs) yeah i the only dreams i have about music are um bad things happening on stage like things going wrong like missing the set (laughs) yeah literally it's every single dream i have about music is like uh we're playing a massive festival and some for some reason uh my drummer who's not my actual drummer isn't there so i have to like try to sing and play drums at the same time and i just can't do it and like that sort of crap is the only time i dream about music yeah i dream about shows all the time like i'm in my dreams shows will happen and there's always different like levels to the venue and there's always multiple stages and the the green room is always crazy and the (laughs) like it's always super dirty or something like that like for me for some reason every dream that i have like that it um especially because a lot i'm on vocals and a lot of them it feels like i'm on a jumping on a trampoline uh like i'm just trying to walk around on stage but i can't get my footing because it's like soft and i'm like kind of bouncing around and stuff it's interesting it's weird it's very specific and it's always like 
something going wrong, me not able to stay on beat or move because I'm like on a trampoline and it's weird. That's, that's definitely some, <laughs> some subconscious fears happening. Yeah. It's fucking, it's definitely a thing that happens to me. I am always missing the set or like, uh, accidentally showing up to the wrong venue or something. <laughs> like. Yeah. That's so funny that, I don't know. I, I think that, uh, there's something to be had with the ideas. Like whenever I, I forget what I was watching or reading about, but a lot of the greatest minds in the world, they would purposefully like halfway fall asleep, like in the middle of the day, they'd be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to lay down. Like it was, uh, I think Thomas Edison, he would sit at his desk in the middle of the day and he would rest. He would lean back and rest super hard, but he'd hold this big metal ball in his hand and he would be thinking of his ideas while he's like falling asleep uh, in this like almost meditative state, but he's actually trying to fall asleep. And but he'd be thinking about whatever problem he was working on. And then whenever he would get to the point that he'd actually fall asleep, he would it, he would naturally drop the huge metal ball he was holding and it would wake him up and then he would go back to work. So like he personally oh, wow. was trying to get towards that state that we're all in when we're laying in bed trying to fall asleep and we have our best ideas. Um, and he was trying to do that in the middle of the day. If he was having a big problem with whatever problem he was working on, he would be like, okay, I need to That's such an interesting thing, right? It's, it's weird. There's something about our brain that as it like lets loose and as it gets towards that state of being like fully relaxed that we have our best ideas. I kind of feel like I might do that while I'm awake in a sense. Like, do, do you ever, um, like for me, I don't listen to a song and try to write patterns or try and write words or anything like that i just put on a song and then i literally i i put it on repeat and it it stays on mm -hmm. until i literally one day i turn it on and now there's singing to it you know what right. i mean like i don't actually write anything so it's kind of like the same thing like you just got to listen to it and relax into the part and then all of a sudden it just speaks to you yeah it's very nice for sure i mean it's i awesome. listen to my songs freaking i always write the instrumentals fully first i it's very rare mm -hmm. that i have um like idea for lyrics before but yeah i listen to the songs probably freaking six million times at minimum oh and, my god yeah <laughs> and it you're right it's and you're more passively writing than you are actively writing because a lot of times if you're actively writing like i get i get way too in my head i'm trying to do stuff that's like way too particular or and i'm trying to think mm -hmm. about the melody too much Whereas if you're just passively listening to this song, like I, I drive every single weekend to go work at trade shows and, oh, um, yeah. so I'll have a four hour drive and I'll listen, literally listen to the same three and a half minute song that whole freaking Dude. four hours. Yeah. Yeah. And it's actually, it, it's a, a beautiful cure for writer's block because mm -hmm. at that point you're not, cause that's because when you try to force the part that's what creates the writer's block because you're pushing on it you mm -hmm. need to just let it do what it wants like i've even gone to sleep listening to the song oh, yeah. like on repeat like it's and it's like just you know and i just play it super low and i just go to sleep and then i'll actually i'll wake up and know the fucking song <laughs> like right uh there um one thing that because for me whenever i'm doing that i'll just randomly like just hum like a melody you know you'll just be listening to the song and this time you'll be like do, 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 and you're like oh wait I'm like that's it right there you know 
And so mm-hmm. that's that's definitely my best way of writing um, is kind of passively working on melodies and stuff, unless if there's just something that's so obvious. Um, yeah, sometimes it just hits you like a ton of bricks. Yeah, right. for sure. And uh, there was another thing. That's, I, I looked a ton into sleep because I have actually some major issues with sleep, um, but I was looking mm-hmm. into this, and uh, they also did these studies with um, mice that they were basically training these mice uh, to go through these mazes, but they connected something to the mice's brain that whenever the mi- a specific thing in their brain uh, triggered, a specific color light like went off. And uh, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And so as the mouse went through this maze, the, it would, these lights were just like popping off, like, you know, showing like what its brain activity was doing. But they had these mice just running these things all day and the mice would just not really make that much progress. But then whenever the mouse went to sleep, the same lights were popping off, but like five times the speed, like literally pop, 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 pop. So like in its brain, uh-huh. the mouse went to sleep thinking about, this maze and then while it was Problem. sleeping it was subconsciously running this maze but at like a tremendous speed and then the next day the mouse could wake up and it was like exponentially better at being able to solve this maze that's so crazy that's kind of like you ever get like a new job and then you can't stop dreaming about it right? like it's like the same thing yeah and so like we actually crazy. we're able to go th- through our minds like while we're sleeping and doing these subconscious motions and you basically can, you're subconsciously learning and training yourself. Uh, and that's, it's just a weird thing. So yeah, if you sit there and you uh, have your song playing and you're thinking about it or just kind of singing along with it, then probably the entire time you're sleeping, your brain is like subconsciously doing that crap. Absolutely. Yeah. And so that's absolutely it's a sleep is a crazy thing. Um, it really is. It's a, it's a no. It is. Thing. I was watching something on. I was watching something on dreams like a couple hours ago that was talking about how like there are three hours in your sleep, like in the and I think it's three or four brain waves that they read while you're sleeping, and within those three or four brain waves, there are about three hours where technically your subconscious is not with you, like the like yeah. the. Like, like it is that obviously they don't really like they can't physically see or say it leaves, but just the math and the reading is like it, it becomes like not there technically Another for dimension. a couple of hours and you go somewhere else. Yeah. And they don't know where you go or how you know how to do it, but your brain does it and uh, they have no idea of what it really is. <laughs> right. That's it's so crazy. crazy. And I mean. Yeah, I, I've I've written songs about this crap. Like it's the sleep Me is too. the sleep is the weirdest thing in other dimensions. And there's something weird about sleep that, like we we don't have a choice it has to happen. And there's dreams don't make any sense. And yeah, definitely there's. I actually had some dreams that I in the dream I realized that I was in another dimension from another dream, and I tried. I was in with my sister in some random apartment and i was like i i basically woke up in the dream and i realized i was in some other dimension from some weird thing and i ran up to my sister i was like this is like i'm telling you this is what's happening this reality is not the reality i'm from like something is weird here and then freaking people kick in the doors and start coming after me and i freaking dip they kill me. I wake up in another reality in this dream again, still knowing. And then the people are still coming after me. 
And I'm just like, that's crazy. <laughs> it was like, I was fully aware that this, your dreams were taking me to these other realities. And then what happened after they caught me the last time they said, basically they said, okay, you want to play with this here? We'll put you into this reality and basically put me into like a torture hell. They're like, this is now the reality that you're sitting in. And now it's freaking miserable, bro. (laughs) Yeah, that was crazy. And there's definitely something weird going on with our consciousness and sleep. And we're, we're literally training in our sleep without us knowing it because our consciousness is still awake and goes elsewhere. It's freaking crazy. No, absolutely. I definitely deal with a lot of my problem solving, like for just puzzles and whatnot in my Mm -hmm. dreams. And I don't even really realize it. Like it's a, it's it's definitely a a big deal like i've i've written a lot of songs about dreams and just i i don't know man dreaming in general can just can do a lot like paying attention to your dreams Uh can really do a lot for you and when i'm in japan i have really weird dreams it's almost it's kind of this very odd like so when i'm home i have you know there are there are certain medic there are certain things that I like to do in America that I'm unable to do in Japan. We'll put it like that. And when I'm in America, <laughs> and when I'm in America, my dreams are very different and they're but they're more calm. But in my dream and my dreams, I know I'm dreaming. I know what's yeah. going on. I know what's happening. But then when I come over here and those extracurricular things are not in my life, my dreams become absolutely crazy and. I lose the idea in my head that I'm dreaming. And now all the dreams feel like reality. And I wake up all the time, like covered in sweat and shit (laughs) like that, because I can't tell the difference between I'm dreaming and real because the, that thing is missing from my life. It's super weird. So, uh, sleep is crazy. It really is. Um, so thinking about that, like I'm, I, I think about this often. I've, been i've been straight edge my whole life i've never smoked i've never drank never done anything like that um but people mention all the time about how whenever you're um whatever you smoke a little bit or have a little bit of you know a little sip of something like the creative process and everything just comes more naturally uh so you you know half your process might be in the states half of it might be in japan What's the difference yeah. for you? <laughs> uh, that was actually that was a great question. I had to learn my way around that, actually. Uh, uh, I, I, when I first came out here, uh, they had me write a song while I was here. And that was the first time I had ever attempted to write a song while not being able to like get into some sort of mindset yeah. by like taking a sip or something or taking a smoke or something. So like that was definitely very different, but I had, I've, I found peace and um, practicality in the idea of, okay, I just got to do the same thing I always do and just listen to the song a billion times mm-hmm. until it sinks to me. So it might take a little bit longer for that to happen. But yeah. um, once I, started to squeeze that muscle without those, you know, that little thing that I used to use to Mm -hmm. get it to go. And now it just, now it comes naturally. So now I can either be, you know, smoking in America and it's cool, or I can be here in Japan, totally like not smoking. And it's, it's totally okay. But at first it was like very weird. It was (laughs) like, 
I couldn't do it. I almost couldn't right. do it. I was like, dude, I was like, it's, 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 I remember even saying to a YD, I was like, dude, I think I might have to like go buy something if I'm going to write a song <laughs> sitting out here. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I feel like potentially part of that. And again, I don't, I don't know. So I'm speculating, but, uh, part of it might just be kind of the stress of writing, like just to loosen you up and make you not overthink and not be yeah. stressful. Um, cause exactly writing, writing thing, can yeah. be very stressful. Absolutely. That was definitely what it was for me. It, it, it didn't, I thought that it was the well for my creativity and really what it was is just the, the, the bedding for my, my comfortability while I write, you know, so yeah. technically I don't, you know, you don't need a bed to fall asleep. So it's the same idea. Like <laughs> I did, I, I just have to, I had to learn how to do it without it. And actually, since I've done that, I've come up with more creative choruses than i actually did when i would like let's say smoke and get into a mind frame i feel like i write almost m better now in yeah. my opinion but nice so it's cool yeah it's it's probably good to have access to both at times absolutely it's really and it's great to take a break from things you know like when you're doing something really constant and really consistent for anything whether it's you know too much exercise or too much eating of bad food or too much partying yeah. like too much sleep even you know those those things are too much of anything could be shot for you so mm -hmm. you know coming out here and having these little breaks is really awesome for the entire experience because then i get to go home and i'm like you know i'm like 15 again and it's like <laughs> you know one time and i'm like hey dude yeah right <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure like joe rogan has mentioned that a bunch that that's like the most optimal way to do it it's not to go every single day it's to to give yourself a little uh a little break so that it it, it gets you again yeah yeah because it'll you know you could you can get to the you know if you're uh if you're a type of person that likes to, you know, indulge, you can reach the top of that mountain super easy. And then, you know, once once you're at the top of the mountain, you can't go any any higher, right. no pun intended. And you know, you don't really feel the drive anymore. So you kind of have to like roll down the hill a little bit. Yeah, like sure. and it's the same thing with everything. Like if True. you you know, you're if you're a bodybuilder and you're always doing the same workouts and all the workouts feel the same, you have to find something different in order to get that kick again in your muscles to make them do more you know True. and so kind of speaking on this the, the the first tour that the browning did after uh the covid break i was like i was going on stage for the first show that i'd played in three years or whatever and <clears throat> i was like okay this is about to be crazy like this is going to be like starting again uh but whenever i went out on that stage it was like second nature. Didn't even think about it. It was like I just played a show yesterday. And that kind of really annoyed me. Because <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I thought that it was going to like reinvigorate me. I was going to be like, dang, yeah, man, touring is so sick. Like playing shows is so sick. But it was literally like the exact same feeling. Um, which is still good. But it wasn't like I thought I was about to like, you know, see Jesus or something. And um, oh, and so doing this stuff like... um. That you're doing, are you are you becoming accustomed to these big crowds, big festivals, and everything over there, or are you still you still yeah. feeling it? Uh, I feel it, and I don't at the same time. Like, right. um, like when I first got here in the spring, and I did not fest. It definitely it hit you like a ton of bricks. You step out in front of twenty six thousand people, and you're like, right. 
oh shit like you can hear them screaming or you can feel them screaming mm -hmm. through your in-ears and you're like that's a lot of people like <laughs> so it kind of takes your breath away but the you know the more you play in front of the the festival type crowds the easier it becomes the more relaxed you are and stuff like that and the less the the nerves hit you um so like when we played uh indonesia that was the biggest stage i've ever played and that was you know that felt beautiful you mm -hmm. know that was really just very comfortable feeling even though i had just traveled 40 hours and went from the airport <laughs> directly to the crystal lakes fucking right. set but uh you know that it it's it becomes it becomes a lot easier the more you do it and i've also learned that um with the bigger crowds that i you know i'm so lucky to play to they they don't feel as big as you think they would it's almost like mm -hmm. it's a blur like past the first two three rows it's like Right. It's like a TV at that point. I it's tend, not even really like the show anymore. I tend to like look over the crowd. Like I'll look at the the um you know the hot dog stand in the back of the <laughs> in the back of the field. I was just gonna say that, dude. I am forever looking at the back of the crowd constantly. Yeah. I'm like <laughs> I have to constantly be like look down at the front row. Yeah, because like, I'm always looking at it or further back always. Like, yeah, and and maybe that's like kind of like an. A, a social awkwardness kicking in like don't make eye contact type deal like okay i'm gonna look at at that thing way back there instead or i don't know what it is but i've just that's how i always am like you know we're starting this project with my wife and uh, it's called uh, death x destiny the biggest thing with that's it cool. it's gonna be it's gonna be a festival band this music is written for festivals awesome. and she's never played a show in her life, but her first festival is probably going to be like blue Ridge next year. You know, that's probably the first show she's no. ever going to play. <laughs> and so it's like, um, but I'm telling her like, no, it, I, I promise you for me, at least it is way less stressful to walk out in front of 10,000 people than to walk out in front of 15 people. That's actually very true. Agreed. hundred percent. Because when you walk out in front of 10,000 people, you're expected to like do the damn thing. Uh -huh. And when you go out in front of 15 people and do the damn thing, you feel ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It feels so stupid. And it's, yeah, exactly. And like, you know, you can say, no, we give it everything we got no matter what, but really you're like, man, can this be over? Please God. And no, so for sure, for sure. It's definitely to me, it's, it's like, um, I don't know. I it, there's a a part that's less personal when the people are standing 25 feet away from you. And yeah, there's 10,000 of them there, but they're not in your face. Like you're not seeing their eyeballs. Like, you know, also very true. they're not standing there with their arms crossed, leaning against the wall on their phone. Like it's just, it's a very different experience. The, I think it's less stressful uh, playing in front of that many people than playing in front of the opposite. Like it's, and you can see it in all the bands. Not not only is it ex less exciting to be playing when you have those random shows that are just shot, but man, it's mm. uh, it's definitely awkward. So yeah, I'd rather play in front of. Uh, obviously, everyone would rather play in front of a lot of people, but just as far as a awkwardness or stress level, hey, man, it, there's nothing more stressful than being like, <laughs> man, this is a 700 cap room with 50 people in it. This is awkward. Oh my god! <laughs> my, that's like that was my entire life in my last band, bro. We took the venues that like fit eight hundred people, like yeah. six kids at the door. It's like, god damn it, dude! Like, I have to wear a gold chain on stage in this fucking thing now. Like, god damn it! <laughs> right? Yeah, and so it's it's definitely nice to be in the realm where you're playing nice rooms with good amounts of people, and people are just excited. Like, I was 
um, you know, scrolling through like your Instagram feed, like there's just so much movement in the crowd. And this goes with um, anything that's uh, like you, we've talked about the difference of the West, the more West you go, the more things change. Anything that mm-hmm. once you get to Europe, the crowds pop off. Once you get to, you know, the Eastern part of the world, the crowds really pop off. Um, yeah. And so I just, I, there's so much movement in everybody in the crowd whenever you guys are playing. Um, and that's just good to see. Like you guys put a lot of effort into that stage presence, but I feel like even if you didn't, that crowd would be going freaking crazy anyways. I love the crowds out here, man. And it's actually very, it's funny that we're talking about this because they talk about our crowds in the same kind of light and they envy it. So we see the, either the Asian crowds and we're like, wow, bro, they're just losing their fucking minds. This is super sick. Look how much fun they're having. They look at us and they're like, damn, bro, look how violent they are. They're so (laughs) sick. I wish they would do that over here. They just want people so it's punching like the each exact other. Exact flip opposite. Yeah, it's crazy because over here they kind of feel like all the fans have like wrestling moves. Like they mm-hmm. have, they do this or they do this or they do this or they do that. And it's not like in the West where it's completely random and chaotic, and a fucking table might fly into the crowd. <laughs> like you know, so like they 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 kind of they like that idea of like anything can happen when they play in the West. And I like the idea of when I come out here how uh everybody wants to have fun no Mm -hmm. understanding with their arms crossed people come to shows because they're already impressed and on the west people kind of come to a show because they want to be impressed you know what i mean definitely it's a different mindset yeah and i think that because it can be so sparse there um they're just much more excited uh we did uh in 2019 uh the browning did china we did like 16 shows in china or something like that uh, Ooh, so good. Yeah, we were literally in freaking Wuhan when COVID started popping off like <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Um, but oh, dude. <laughs> and uh, I just, you know, it was so weird. Like how you said you just got you got off the plane and you walked straight on the stage. That was literally every freaking day for us in China because those trains are a nightmare. And God, bro. we would be the only band playing like so we would kind of roll up to the venue at like 8 p.m. set up and just like start and people were there's you know 200 people just standing there waiting for just us like it's great it, it's weird and different and uh just cool and people were just so excited um and so yeah man I, you you got it going on now how does does it feel weird that you got it going yeah, on like it doesn't this feel like my life at all it doesn't feel like my life at all. I say it, I say it to Mike Monaco all the time because I I that's like one of my best friends from la- yeah. like we still talk to each other. So I am I always tell him was like it doesn't feel like my life. It feels like I'm watching like it feels like I have like 3D goggles on and I'm watching a movie. <laughs> yeah. Like cause I don't you know this is this is very dream come true for me. It's it's awesome. You know, kids yeah. follow your fucking dreams, bro. Like it's just brilliant. do it. And also it's like, super fun. Don't think that anything's out of reach. Um, like, cause I actually, I started my career in music in a very similar way. I did a open audition for his blood earns black, got into that and yeah. realized that that is what motivated me to want to do my own thing. And it like, I, whenever I, I was 18 years old and they did an open audition, I put that crap out there. And somehow my first tour I ever did was in Europe with the spies icon and architects. Like, wow that's ridiculous (laughs) yeah and so like 
right? <laughs> the first story I ever did. And I would never have thought that that was freaking possible. And like, even with you, like this, this is a big band and a big audition. Like you were established and everything, but still the, the chances, you know, you just got to go for it. And, uh, you know, you've earned it through years of grinding and, you know, honing the craft and then just being on top whenever the opportunity comes. But that's, that's also that, the, that's the beauty of um, everything that we do is like you never know the opportunities. I mean, I see like um, Miles. He was the guitarist of Interloper, Rings of Saturn. Uh, that guy, dude, he's Yo, yeah. freaking out yeah. there, torn with Metallica. <laughs> you kidding me? I know, I know. And now, and now this motherfucker's on tour of Metallica. Like it's <laughs> unbelievable, dude. Like, <laughs> like you, I laugh about it all the time. It's crazy. And so, like you. You got to put yourself out there. You got to do everything possible to put yourself in the position to land any opportunity you can. I mean, I guarantee you, Miles was not thinking this was going to be happening to him. You know? Hell no, man. Every <laughs> single one of us, you know, even if you don't listen to Metallica, everybody in a band wants to tour with Metallica. And now, like, <laughs> one of our boys is randomly on tour with Metallica. Like, chill out, dude. Like, I, we get it. You have a big set of dick. Like, it's all right. Like, <laughs> actually, I went and saw the last time I went and saw uh, your last band live was in Kansas City at the Riot Room, and Interloper was on that as well. Inner so, is dope. Yeah. And so that's a, uh, it's so interesting to just see people do so well and like even uh the other guitarist in ice nine kills he was doing his own thing for a long time with uh this or the apocalypse oh god forbid yeah and yeah and doc Coyle's up in there too like it's just mm -hmm. it's so good to see um people just out there and it really working out and you can't ever give up you you had all the opportunity and reason to potentially give up <laughs> with your last situation no. and so but, for real but you didn't I I gotta tell you right now, man. I'll tell everybody this. I I will attest that to my lady that I have now. She Damn. when I met her, she made me feel like I was worth more than what I gave myself credit for. Yeah. And you know, meeting her helped me put myself in a better mind frame and you know, understanding like myself and realizing that i didn't have to be so mad and that i could <laughs> actually be happy made yeah. me realize i don't i don't want to be in this negative situation anymore like you know no hard feelings like but i am i'm stepping out you know yeah uh and i i love her for that you know her name is crystal also so it's crazy <laughs> <laughs> that's funny you know but uh it's 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 uh you know it's it's all about the mindset, man. You know, it's, it's, you have to, you have to put your, you really do have to put your faith in a higher power and understand yeah. that there is something above you. I don't like to sit here and be like, you know, and, and, and say certain words that make people think of religions and things, because that's not what I'm talking about, yeah. but there is energy beyond your life. And if you can just accept that energy and speak to it in the sense of like, I am for you, you created me for this universe. Let's work together. You're going to do it, man. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly how I got this job. And if you listen to all the people that you look up to when they get Grammys and they get awards and shit, who do they think? First thing I want to think, you know what God. I mean? 
you know, thank you. You know what I mean? It's the first <laughs> fucking thing that comes out of everybody's mouth. You know what I mean? And whether God to you is the the stars or whether God to you is in a book or whether God to you is in the clouds, like everybody is yep. giving it up to the universe, bro. So you have to just understand that everything around you is connected and yep. it, it's all the mindset. And if you can let the love and peace into your life, love and peace will come out of your life. Right. This is period. And, and you mentioned the other one too. It goes, I want to thank God and my wife. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yo, no, literally. Yes, that is it. I want to thank God and my wife. But it's, it's unbelievable. Like, because those things allowing the peace of the universe to come into your life and then allowing a partner in your life that can see mm -hmm. potential in you that you might not be able to, to be like, you got this. They're not like your parents. You know what I mean? Right. It's somebody from the outside that it, it means a lot more. So that, you know, that's, that's what you need in life. You need a good, you need a good partner. And you need to understand that you and the universe are one. Yeah. Essentially, like, you're not alone to any never, degree. Never, never, never. Yeah. You know. at, at all. Yeah. And and that's a good, uh, good thing to talk about, too. Just because I, like, I'm not, most of us, I would say, uh, are not, like, religious people. But you can still no. believe that there's something out there that can and will really help you. Like you said, good energy. There's a lot of good stuff with mind over matter. Like if you really put your mind to it and you really uh, just believe, I really believe that it does help because I've, I've thought the same exact thing. There's multiple times in my life that certain things shouldn't have happened, but they've really worked out um, because like, and like you said, saying that like you pray for something can be a little weird. Um, but to speak something into existence is another thing. Um, exactly. Yeah. And that's uh that's kind of what people mean when they say yeah. uh you could do anything you put your mind to. It's not like it's not to be taken literal, like it's not like, oh yeah, I want to be like the best football player, so like I'm gonna do it. Like, no, right. you have to it's the 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 phrase you can do anything you put your mind to is a shortcut for saying manifestation. Yeah, exactly. That's what it that's exactly what it is. So like, you know, write it down, say it all the time and work towards it right. fall on your face don't be afraid to fail you cannot be the master if you are not the fool you do not become the greatest boxer in the world by winning every single fight yep. that's not how it works you all the boxers with fucking flawless victory records every single one of them got beat up before people were keeping score Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like fucking, you know, you got to fall on your face. Don't be afraid to fail. Yep. hundred percent. And I, it really, I think the big, a big thing too, is people, a lot of people think it's too late for them. If you're sitting here and you're 35 years old and your last band didn't work out, it is literally not too late for you. I'm pretty sure Lamb of God got signed when they were like 35, 36, something like that. Dude, seriously, fucking Colonel Sanders was in his 60s, for God's <laughs> sakes, when he, when he did it. Like, we're being serious now. Like, right. You know, you don't need to do it now. Like, you got your whole life. Yeah. And Zach Galifianakis, like, I'm pretty sure he got his first acting role when he was, like, 45, something like that. Like, it's, yeah. it's really never too late to do this stuff. Because uh, if you're creative, you're creative. It doesn't matter the age. As Same with the, I think the, I saw something with the dude from Mag, who played Magneto. I saw it on like Instagram. That's like his breakout role or some shit like that. Yeah. No one really knew who he was before that. Like, and he's almost 70. Right. 
it's just it, it's never too late. So if you're out there listening to this and you you think it's too late, it's really not. Go go do never. A, an online course for mixing and mastering. Produce your own music and just freaking make it happen. It's too late when you're dead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Only the dead have nothing to lose. Facts. Yeah, John, you're awesome, and I'm just so I happy. You, I'm so happy to see everything being so good, and I'm I. Uh, I'll I'll just pester you someday that's not today about uh, you bringing the Browning over to Japan to hang out with oh, you guys that'd be and sick, tour, dude. Yeah, I would love that because you guys would crush out here. You guys definitely got a following here for sure. I I wouldn't I wouldn't put that past anybody. Heck yeah! So once this new music starts popping and you guys start booking some more tours, uh, we're there. Let's party! You just freaking you let me know. <laughs> let's fucking party man that would be yeah. super sick i would love to tour with you again heck yeah i appreciate you john thanks for sticking around to the end of that episode and again head over to burnlessworld.com click join the community we'll see you in the next one peace out <laughs> <laughs>